start the podcast with her now that we're not introducing ourselves? I'm just going to be like, hi. Hi. This is the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back. I think but that this is the intro. This is it. Welcome to So Good So Far podcast. This is where, this is a podcast for people, by people, about people. Mm-hmm. It's not about uh, horses. It could be. <laughs> I feel like we have talked it's about horses. It's not, though. What have we talked about horses? We talked about the Icelandic horses. I'm afraid of horses. You're like, I've never, I never saw them, which sounded fake. Maybe you went to a different Iceland than I did. I didn't see a single horse. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of So Good So Far podcast. We are so happy that you're joining us for another week. Speaking of, what, how's your week been going? Today something crazy happened. <laughs> so on the last podcast i think it was the last episode Mm -hmm. i i talked about how my car got broken into and a bunch of stuff got jacked i got it back (laughs) so (laughs) weird so i had a bunch of like work stuff in the bag that they stole and i guess they like saw they went through my backpack after they left the car and they were like oh this is all junk this is just books about bakery <laughs> about bakery murders Cozy and bakery murder mysteries <laughs> and um they're like god damn it not even just a regular positivity <laughs> wait did you get that other book back yeah i got all oh my gosh my <laughs> <laughs> and um and they gave me all my work documents and like even my work key and my all my name tags and they just like you're telling left me they didn't want a key to the library outside of trader joe's and the angel employees of trader joe's Picked it up and said, this looks like it belongs to someone. I'm going to take it inside. Of course. Yeah. Only people at Trader Joe's and Chick-fil-A. And then they tracked me down by going through my stuff and called my work and asked for Jackie because I had a name tag in it so they knew it was me. And then they, I got a message about it and I got back everything except for my wallet, <laughs> which is fine because I already have it, all the new cards mm-hmm. and driver's license and stuff. So I don't even need that wallet. Dang. That's some good luck. That's, That's some good crazy. karma. Yeah. I wonder what I did to deserve that good karma. I've been like... You probably just didn't do anything to deserve getting your car broken into and your shit stolen and the universe was like, oh, I messed up on that one. <laughs> I better reverse that. <laughs> Actually, no. I did do something. What did you do? I I actually hit someone's side mirror and I didn't tell them. <laughs> that day? No. That, oh. was, that was like two weeks before that. But Dang. I have been extra nice to people lately not me not me you've been extra mean to people lately Mm -hmm. you've been working on it Mm -hmm. i'm really putting my effort into that (laughs) i'm trying to be an asshole as much as possible Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) what have i been doing this week i mean i i started using the gym in my apartment complex for the first time ever i used to get up and work out in the mornings just like in my apartment um like oh i thought someone lived there (laughs) i thought that was an apartment apartment. (laughs) there's a lot of windows (laughs) god that's a nice apartment they're not using the space well where do they sleep well it was closed when i moved in and not that i would have used it anyway i i'm not a huge gym person i like to work out at home or like go outside and go on a run or something but i said you know what i'm gonna use the amenities for this apartment that i pay a ridiculous amount of money for turns out it was pretty nice. You got to use up all of the amenities that you possibly can. Like you got to use up like a year worth yeah. of amenities in three months. Yeah. 13 months you worth of amenities. The, you got to go to the gym twice Every a day, single day. Least. Twice a day? No. Three times That's even. Two, no. No. Okay, Once well, a day is already a lot. It's your money loss. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so that's that's the main update of my week. Not Not a lot going on. Oh, actually, the last thing that happened to me, which I was just telling Jackie about this briefly, but... I had been working on a project at my current job that I'm at before I got laid off originally and I was doing all the signage for this sports complex and it was under construction when I left and so when I came back I just assumed it was like still under construction and they were like no it's open you can go there so I just went there with my mom last week and I got to see all the signage that I did and it was so crazy because I've never seen something that I've designed in person I've never even really designed something that's gotten made before and must be how god feels it was so yeah literally <laughs> i'm basically he's god like, he like looks at like the grand canyon he's like i he's made like, this dang i made I that forgot to fill it in <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> but i went and it was all in the building just as i had um 
designed it. And so it really made it feel a lot different where I was like, oh, the things I'm doing are actually like getting made. It's not just work. It's not just when you're in school, you're just like doing projects and they don't really matter. And, and none of it's going to get made. And then all of a sudden you design something and it's a real thing. It's a real thing in real life. So that was cool. That was a fun part of my week. Well, we are not going to waste any more time. We're going to get into it with our guest for today. So we'll be right back with that. All right, we're back with our guest. She's a Harvard student, a young mother, and an environmentalist. Please welcome to the podcast, Lexi Passmore. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. Also, I just want to tell you, just get it out of the way. You have the cutest baby I've ever seen in my life. Cutest baby. She is so cute. (laughs) I send, whenever they're on like your story or anything, I send it to Nicole and I'm like, this baby is unbelievably cute. Like I can't handle it. She's so cute. (laughs) Thank you. I think so too, but obviously I'm totally biased. No, but the thing is, (laughs) I'm telling you, like I have no stake in it and your baby is the cutest. (laughs) There's absolutely no reason we need to say that. And we really believe it. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not even the type of person that thinks all babies are cute. You just have an especially cute baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So she turns one this month, which is oh my gosh. So she was born like right in the thick of like COVID lockdown. So she was born March 28th to 2020. So I feel like just coming up on this one year mark of her life, and then also all the COVID stuff, I'm like, wow, between like motherhood and just the world being different than it normally is. Like this Mm -hmm. year has been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Well, um, to get started, you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you live, all that good stuff. How old you are, what you're, what you're doing for school or work, social security number, all that stuff. Yeah. So my name is Lexi Passmore. I'm originally from Denver, Colorado, but I currently live on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii. Um, I'm 23. I'm married. My husband's name is Matt. And then as we talked about earlier, I have a one-year-old daughter named Bowie. I am currently in my last semester at Harvard. I'm getting an environmental science and sustainability degree. So between studies and my baby and going to the beach and trying to do all the fun Hawaii stuff still that's my life you're like juggling it so well I feel like I mean that's just a lot to be taking on and then in a pandemic it's like a whole other thing so you're you're killing it I feel like (laughs) thank you I'm definitely I finish up in May and I'm pretty excited just to chill for a while yeah but yeah yeah. how long have uh, you been getting your degree So I've definitely taken a non-traditional college route. I actually went to two different universities before I ended up at Harvard. So I initially moved out to Hawaii to go to school out here and then it just wasn't a good fit. And then I transferred to another school online and then eventually figured out how to get into Harvard. So I've been at Harvard for two years now, but I've been in college for a long time. (laughs) What made you like interested in going into sustainability and all that? Uh, It's just something I've always been interested in, even from a young age. I feel like growing up in Colorado, I had a lot of exposure to things that were like necessarily green or just more environmental incentives just through school. I was in recycling club in the sixth grade maybe that's (laughs) maybe that's where it all started um (laughs) but yeah I I think just growing up in Colorado and then moving to Hawaii they're both very environmentally conscious locations and I initially was studying marketing and business and then as I became more and more interested in sustainability, I was like, oh, I need to not be in marketing and business. That's a problem. I need to be in yeah. sustainability. Not that I'm anti-marketing or business, but that's just the path of how I got to sustainability. And Harvard offered a program and I worked my way into it. So yeah, it was a long awesome. route, but I figured yeah. it out. Do you think that Hawaii influenced your interest in sustainability? Yeah, I would say so. There's just a whole other set of issues that I've been exposed to here and living so closely to nature, whether it be 
to the beach or to the mountains. Like Hawaii is its own little system and I've become a lot more aware of like where my trash goes because my trash can't just go off to some place I don't see. Like it's on the island that I live on and you think of your surroundings as a more closed system. So I think having this small geographical mentality of the area you live has really helped me think about sustainable systems differently. What Colorado and Hawaii have in common is that they're both beautiful uh, Mm -hmm. landscape, like nature-wise, and so you just want to preserve them naturally. Those two states do a really good job of taking initiative with sustainability when it comes to a place like I I don't even know. I don't want to name a place. I feel like every place is beautiful in its own way, but New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just just say it, New Jersey. (laughs) I feel like places like that don't really take as much initiative to preserve their nature because it's not something that's valued as much there. Yeah. I love that you said too about like living on an island, how that's so different. I mean, I think, you know, on the mainland in America, people do just think like, oh, it's going to go somewhere. Like it'll go in a landfill or it'll go in the middle of Kansas or New Jersey, who knows? And it's just like, you don't think about it because you don't have to, you're like, oh, it could go anywhere. There's so much space. But when you're living on an Island like that in the middle of the ocean, you're like, where's this realistically going to go? You really have to be more cognizant of it. Yeah, exactly. Like if I throw a piece of furniture in a dumpster, it's like, okay, where does that go? We're limited in space. What happens to it? So just being more aware. And even too, it's hard to buy things here. Like if you, Amazon Prime doesn't exist here. If you want something shipped, it takes two weeks. Um, So just being, it's made me a lot more aware of my purchases. And even too, we live in like a pretty rural part of the island. So just overall, I've become a lot more aware as a consumer because it's not as convenient to buy and throw things away here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the things that Nicole and I were talking about before this is things like Whole Foods, really good alternatives uh, if you're vegan or gluten-free, but they're run by Amazon, which is like a very unsustainable company. So I was just wondering like your opinions on that type of chain. Okay, I'm guilty because I love, like, I don't want to love Amazon, but, like, I love Amazon. (laughs) It is so, it is honestly so nice. It's so, it's so hard to not use it when you don't have, like, disposable income, you know? Mm -hmm, Because everything is honestly so much cheaper on there. It's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it's impossible to find something, like, nearly that cheap. I try not to use it, but, like, it's impossible. I love it. I, like, want to be anti but I'm not yeah. at least, um, especially with a baby too. Like it's like more difficult. To, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah. hard to run errands. I'm like, okay, I can wait two days and then have it delivered. Yeah. Or even being where we are in Hawaii right now, it's like, it's an hour drive to Target, an hour drive back, or I can wait like a week and a half and it will just show up on my door. So I'm guilty, but something I did learn recently is if you do smile.amazon.com, you can pick a charity of your choice to donate part of your purchase towards. Oh, that's That's really cool. cool. I didn't know about that. So I think, I mean, it depends, like the percentage donated depends on what you're buying and how much you spend. I don't know Mm -hmm. exactly what it is off the top of my head, but that made me feel a little bit better about using it. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Once you graduate, what would you say is your career path looking like going forward? So I'm aiming to go into corporate sustainability and just go into these big corporations, say like Amazon, and just help implement more sustainable practice because making even small changes within these big corporations is really what's going to lead to sustainable change long term. So I would love to do business consulting and just hopefully do it freelance or start my own company so that I can work around my motherhood schedule. Then maybe start a nonprofit on the side. I'm very passionate about coastlines here in Hawaii. So I would love to do something along the lines of marine conservation or microplastic awareness. So Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the sustainability is directed towards towards individuals, but 
the real problem is like companies who are who have a big carbon footprint and a lot of waste and stuff like that and are releasing toxic stuff into the environment and so I feel like actually going into the companies and making the big changes or the small changes is where real change in our environment is going to come from so I feel like that is a really great place to go. Thank you yeah I totally agree with that and I think too at the consumer level there's a lot of pressure that's being put on us to make all these good choices but it's ultimately in my opinion the responsibility of the company or the industry to make sure they're making a product that's sourced ethically and sourced in a way that's not damaging or at least paying to make up for those damaging costs. So I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, definitely always good to like make better choices. Like you said, like, you know, think about where you're dumping your furniture, stuff like that. It is important, especially when it comes to plastic, because every piece of plastic will be eventually in the ocean. But when it comes to things like, you know, how much gas you use, that it's just so minor compared to what companies are doing that that's really what we should be focusing on instead of putting so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Well, it'll be, yeah, that'll be so nice when you graduate because then I feel like you'll have so much more free time and be able to spend more time with your family. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the story leading up to starting your family and being a young mother? Yeah, so Bowie was actually a total surprise. I figured out I was pregnant when I was 21. Matt, who we were previously engaged, we kind of had like a complicated relationship history. But like at that point in time, we were like determined to get together and like we had marriage in sight and just knew that we were supposed to be together. So that definitely made me feel more comfortable. And actually a few days leading up to when I figured out I was pregnant, we had a solid determining the relationship talk that made me feel a lot better about it. So I figured out I was pregnant um, when we were traveling. We were actually, at the time we were living in California in San Diego, but we were on a road trip to Utah just to see his family. And I took a pregnancy test in his sister's bathroom and figured out I was pregnant and I was just obviously freaking out because I was like, oh my gosh, what? Like, I was not expecting this, like, totally threw a wrench in the, not wrench, a beautiful wrench. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But at the moment, you're like, I'm I'm freaking out. Like, just like a complete bend in my reality and what I was expecting from the next few years and it was actually really tough because we had driven from San Diego to Utah it's a 10-hour drive and the next morning we're supposed to drive back but we were driving back with one of our friends who needed a ride and we're like okay we're not ready to tell other people yet (laughs) but I was just like dying to talk about it because it's like that was the only thing I could think of and I, I just laid in the back seat just like thinking, staring at the ceiling the whole time, just figuring out like, okay, how are we going to do this? What's our plan? And it all worked out. Shortly after that, Matt had a job offer in Utah. So we actually ended up moving from San Diego to Salt Lake. I worked on school. He was working full time. That's when I was pregnant and had Bowie in March during all the craziness. And then from there, it's just kind of been crazy. He actually got laid off when she was two weeks old because of COVID, which at the time was really hard. But it actually, as I reflect on this past year, it's been one of the biggest blessings because he's been working freelance and he's actually been home all day. So it's allowed me to balance school and motherhood. And our whole day is kind of just juggling, but it's, amazing. I'm so glad we can spend all this time together. Yeah. And then, so when did you move back to Hawaii? So we moved back in September. So everything was remote and we are lucky enough to have family out here. So we're like, everything's remote. Let's just do it. It's our happy place. This is where we met and this is where I want to raise my family. So we just took the leap to move back. Wow. I love that. That's so awesome. And so is some of his family out there? Yeah. So his dad is out here and then also his sister. And then we have a few nieces and nephews out here as well. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Is, nice. is he from Hawaii? He's not, but he 
has been living here on and off for the past 10 years. He came here a ton as a kid. He's a surfer, so he loves it out here. Mm. I feel like now that we're here, I'll never be able to drag him away. This is, we've just decided that this is our spot. Does Bowie love the beach? Oh, she loves it. That's another thing. Being here just makes being a mom so much easy because I'm like, okay, cool. Let's just go to the beach. And (laughs) I mean, most of the time it's sunny. It's just, I love how much time we're able to spend outdoors here, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I was very outdoorsy in Colorado too, but like I can't take a baby with me all day in the snow. So it's nice just being here and being in the sun. Does she ever eat sand? That's what I was wondering yeah, about with babies. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're huh? There's like no fighting it. So it kind of no. just happens. <laughs> oh, well, I can't I was, hurt that much. I was pretty understand. concerned at first, but nothing's happened. So it seems to be good. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's just a lot heavier. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, she's like starting to be able to like pick out the seashells so I have to watch for the seashells but the sand's fine yeah oh my gosh oh that's so funny (laughs) if you wanted kids was was it going to be like later on in your life was that the plan yeah so actually right before Bowie was conceived I went to Europe for two weeks as kind of a nanny assistant for my sister's company Mm -hmm. so she has a kids brand so I was traveling with kids across Europe for two weeks and I got off the plane I'm like okay I'm not having kids for another seven years and (laughs) I would have literally had to get pregnant like that day like the day I got home that's like oh (laughs) my gosh that is hilarious (laughs) (laughs) but I always (laughs) I always envisioned myself as a mother I love kids I just thought it would come a lot later in life yeah but Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I did like I love my purpose as a mom and it's definitely kind of challenging being a young mom because I'm figuring out like I'm 23 I'm still trying to figure out life while trying to raise a baby but I love it and I'm glad I get to figure it out with her yeah yeah oh yeah I feel like it gives you a lot of perspective that you might not have when you're 23 so that could probably be a benefit to you when you're trying to figure out stuff like for yourself yeah she gives me pretty clear purpose and direction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you guys want to have more kids yeah (laughs) I do (laughs) um I think I'm two is my number yeah that one's like three or four and I was like oh I'm okay. Maybe it will be a little different when it's planned. I just feel like, I don't know. I'm still trying to process that I even have a baby. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Your, uh, your sister has four kids, right? She has three. Three kids. Okay. They're such good kids. I like love them so much, but yeah, they're totally kids and traveling with jet lag kids is definitely a challenge yeah Mm -hmm. was it just her kids or were there a bunch of people's kids it was we were just with her kids but every few days there would be photo shoots so we were meeting up with other families with kids so I was just kind of like the assistant to whatever they needed whether it was like kids or travel stuff or like help with photos so yeah. I was an all-in-one assistant package caretaker, which was awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad I was able to travel with them, like not only get experience business-wise with social media, but also just spend so much time with my nephews. Yeah. yeah. And I remember when you were traveling, you posted about like the ice cream in Italy, I think. And you were like, People have been asking me if it's hard to find ice cream that's dairy-free and gluten-free and stuff, but it's actually not, and all the ice cream is still delicious. Yeah, at the time I was, so I'm fully gluten-free, and then at the time I was vegan, and I was terrified traveling to Europe, and like, I have no idea what I'm going to eat in Italy. When you think of Italy, all you think is pasta and carbs. But actually, Italy has one of, like, the highest percentages of celiac people. And I was able to find gluten-free everything everywhere. It was really? the oh? best price. 
Yeah, like I had real Italian pizza that was gluten-free and it was the best thing I've ever tasted. Mm, That's literally the best news I've ever heard. Yeah. Not to be dramatic. What is the science on that? Why is, why are there so many celiacs people? I have no idea, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to read the science on that, honestly. I totally have always been like, I want to go to Italy so bad or just like in Europe, but especially Italy. But I'm like, I truly worry about what I would eat. I'm like, I just don't know if I could find, I mean, obviously like. I could find something, you could find something. True. Yeah. Um, Like I packed a bag full of granola bars expecting that I would be surviving off granola bars. And I found everything at every restaurant we ate at. It was amazing. That's so nice. I know. I remember when I was going to Iceland, I messaged you because I was like, what am I going to eat? Like, could you, did you have trouble finding food there? And you were like, I honestly just brought like a bunch of bars and like apples. And I was like, okay, that's this is what I'm bringing. I brought like two packs of go macro bars and a bunch of fruit and stuff. And it wasn't like as hard to find food there as I thought, but that was definitely a place where I had like a lot of trouble finding food that I could eat. Cause it, there's just, it's super limited on like what they even serve there. Yeah, and so expensive too. Yeah. Like $10 for a can yeah. of corn oh at the gas station. Literally <laughs> so expensive. Yeah. I could not believe. Is it is it not as expensive in Hawaii? Like I, I know it's like similar because it's an island, but is it just easier to get stuff out there? Um, I mean, you go to the grocery store and it's for the most part a normal grocery store, but I mean there's definitely things that are catered more towards like Polynesian diet or just like Pacific Island diet. But it's more expensive. We do most of our grocery shopping at Costco just because it's so cheap compared to everywhere else. Um but I cost of living like you just spend money on different things here. Like we pay for rent and groceries and eating out, but if we're on the mainland, it's like we're paying to go to the movies, we're paying to go do something. Whereas here our entertainment is just the beach and surfing and hiking and everything outside. So I've mm-hmm. lived like a few different places and I feel like the cost of living here evens out. So you mentioned that you used to be vegan and you're not 100% vegan anymore. Do you want to talk a little bit about your journey with that and then like going through pregnancy and all that? Yeah, so I was hardcore vegan for six years. Um, I started because of health reasons. And then just as I learned more and more, I decided to continue to be vegan just for environmental and ethical reasons. I had a really hard pregnancy. I was sick the entire nine months, which was really hard just physically and then emotionally when you wake up every day and you don't feel good for the better part of a year. It's really wearing on you. And around eight months, I just was craving eggs so hardcore. I don't even like eggs. I've never liked eggs. I hadn't eaten an egg in six years, but my body just wanted it. And (laughs) I was like fighting it for like a week. I'm like, no, that's weird. Like it will go away, whatever. And then I'm like, no, like I should listen to my body. So I drove to the grocery store and I got eggs. I didn't even know how to cook eggs. I like (laughs) had to watch. I I watched a YouTube video on how to make over easy eggs. And it was like that. I had to like go through two eggs because I like messed it up so bad the first time. And I'm like, I was glad Matt was at work because I'm like, this is really embarrassing. (laughs) And I ate it and I was like, I felt good. I, I don't know, for whatever reason, after being hardcore vegan for six years, I expected to like eat an egg and feel like my, just like kind of like an earth shattering reaction. I'm like, oh, it's just food. It's not a big deal like it's just Mm -hmm. food it's what I put in my body and I don't know I just now that I'm not completely vegan I like look back and like my thoughts on how I viewed my diet at the time have definitely shifted a while I feel like it got to a point of like me being unhealthy because I was pregnant at the time like I needed to listen to my body and as soon as I started eating eggs, I stopped being sick in my pregnancy after eight months of being really? so sick. Yeah. And 
I mean, on top of becoming a new mom and then not being vegan, like I identified as a vegan. I felt like after six years, it was almost part of my personality. And I feel like I went through almost this personality, not change, but crisis a little bit. That word sounds intense, but just I identified so much of who I was with a diet. And I think like, veganism like any other diet can get to an unhealthy point yeah that totally makes sense so do you think you were just not getting all the nutrients you needed during your pregnancy and that's why you were super sick um so I think it was just morning sickness but at that point my body just really needed I don't want to say protein because I believe like you can be plant-based and be completely thriving and I think it's an amazing lifestyle for a lot of people but just growing a human and needing that energy there's just certain things and eggs that are actually like superfood for a baby's brain and my body just intuitively needed that I needed that wow this feels so stupid but eggs are like my hangover food and I also eat them every morning but like when I eat an egg it like cures my hangover basically and (laughs) So I'm, there's something to that. I, don't know. I know your like, body just knows you know need those pregnancy. eggs. I know pregnancy is like way different than a hangover, but not really. You're just like, what do you mean? Not really. really. You're just hungover with a baby. I kind of felt like I was hungover for eight months. Yeah, oh my that's how I assume pregnancy is. That's always what I thought. So because you're just I've never, up. I've never <laughs> made that connection, but honestly, it's pretty spot on. <laughs> for awesome. me, at least, I had it really hard. Some people are like glowing, feel great, love being pregnant, but mm-hmm. I was, you're like I was green. over it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man. So, have you continued to eat things like eat eggs and stuff after pregnancy? So I would say I'm still like 95% plant-based and I still have like a lot of the same feelings of when I was vegan and I'll eat animal products. I just really care about how they're sourced. Um, I don't venture outside of fish and eggs, but like I found someone who has their own chickens and I go over and I get eggs from them. Like they're happy, cute chickens running around. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this feels good for me. And then even I'm lucky to be in Hawaii where fish are literally caught by people in my community 10 feet away from the beach. So Mm -hmm. I eat that and it feels good. Like I purchased those things from the community and I, I found like the root of my beliefs in veganism of having like a sustainable community-based agricultural system. And I like chose to honor that instead of these weird kind of intense feelings about veganism that I had previously that my world was going to explode if I ate an egg. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just like try and source everything as best as I can and eating plant-based makes me feel healthier so I for the most part I stick with that but with breastfeeding and pregnancy eggs have just made me feel really good so mm-hmm. yeah I eat that them. makes sense yeah I feel like really doing anything a hundred percent you know you want to be a hundred percent in things it sounds good but then when you really look at it especially in diet it can lead to disordered eating I think sometimes because you're labeling food like good or bad based off of the system that you construct. And instead, you know, food goes in your body. It has nutrients. Some have more nutrients, some have less. They have different nutrients. Most foods are not bad or good. You know, it really just depends on your body. And so thinking about them as like, what is good for my body as the lens that you're looking through instead of like, what is good for this diet? is I think is maybe like a little bit more healthier for you personally, but as in terms of like environmentalism and the ethics of it, I feel like that's where it's like, you might have to sacrifice a little, but Mm -hmm. you kind of make up for that with locally sourced stuff and giving back to your community. So I think it kind of, kind of evens out. Yeah. I think that's very spot on, like focus, like I don't know. Being 100, I mean, it's good to be committed and dedicated and like passionate in what you believe. But as far as diets go, we got to live a little bit. And mm-hmm. if it's to the point of like choosing not to eat something for, you know, like I couldn't do that while pregnant. Like I yeah. need to like give my body the nutrition it deserved. 
Mm-hmm. How does Matt eat and like, how do you feed Bowie? Is it how, how does that all work with you having some dietary restrictions and then eating a lot of things plant-based? How does that affect like the rest of your family, I guess? <laughs> like how do they what, eat? Yeah. What does your family's diet look like compared to yours? Yeah. So Matt kind of just eats what I eat sometimes different. Like we'll make tacos. I'll just eat a corn tortilla and then he puts his on a flour tortilla. So we kind of do like substitutions here and there, but I mean, he eats pretty similar to my diet. It kind of just is what we buy from the grocery store and we kind of just get in a rut of making the same things over and over again. (laughs) So we have like four things and then we kind of just keep making them because we figured out how to make like (laughs) something we both like. Um, So we all eat pretty similar. And then for Bowie, we decided to do, it's called baby led weaning. So I just give her normal food. Like we don't do purees or baby food. She just eats what we eat. Um, Just in an attempt to get her exposed to more food and just have a healthy relationship with food. And she eats gluten. I try and get like wheat wise when I give her like anything with wheat in it. I try and make sure it's organic just to make sure that her body has a good process digesting wheat and just like really setting the stage for a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. with wheat. Um, So hopefully she doesn't develop celiac in the future, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. That's always been interesting to me. I'm like, I, is it something genetic? Like if I have kids, would they potentially be celiac as well? Because I don't like, I won't eat gluten during my pregnancy. So then would that make them like have an intolerance to it in some way? Like, I don't know. You know, I always think about stuff like that. Babies work. (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel like your overall health has changed in the last five to ten years especially with getting diagnosed with celiacs and changing to a vegan diet I would say it's definitely improved I think health is a lifelong journey we never really arrived to this spot it's like okay I am health like and even (laughs) I'm pretty cautious of like purchasing like clean makeup and clean cleaning ingredients and I always learn about things I can be doing better but overall it's improved a lot I think I mean in high school I was at the point of like before I was diagnosed with celiac like I missed 100 days of school in a row because I literally couldn't get out of bed and eating changed my world getting diagnosed with celiac and cutting out gluten was like key for me and just building off that it's just become a journey of finding what makes me feel good yeah yeah I feel like celiacs is very particular where like I have severe nut allergies if I eat a nut I'll die so I definitely know that I shouldn't <laughs> eat those you know but like celiacs is weird because you could be eating something and that thing is in like almost everything you eat and then you don't even know because the effects of it are so weird and they don't seem like food related at all so just such a weird disease mm-hmm. and it's totally like the way that it affects you is so different and people will be like oh my gosh did you eat gluten on accident like are you gonna be okay and I'm like yeah I'm gonna be okay but I'm gonna I'm gonna feel the effects of it for a hot minute <laughs> yeah and <laughs> just Everyone reacts so differently to it too. Like Mm -hmm. I'll feel like kind of hung over for three days and just like feel so like foggy. That's Mm -hmm. the best way I could describe it. I just feel out of it. Yeah. That's how I feel too. I know a lot of people have bowel issues or something like that, like stomach issues because of it. And I don't really experience that. Like, but if I even get cross-contaminated or like eat something on accident, I mean, I've never like eaten a piece of bread on accident. Like I don't even know what would happen. <laughs> what is this? I don't recognize this. It's soft but... and spongy. I've forgotten completely. Do you remember though? Like, I mean, do you know, like when you go to a restaurant, you order something with gluten-free bread and it comes out and you're like, you just have to ask again, like, this is the gluten-free bread, right? Like I always do that because I'm so nervous. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always start off with like, I don't want to be the high maintenance person, but 
Like, yeah, I feel like I... super needy in restaurants all the time. I just try and be really nice so they don't get mad at me. But I do the same yeah. thing. I'm like, wait, this is gluten-free, right? Or I'll take a few bites and it will be extra good. And then I'm suspicious yeah. about it. About it. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. This isn't that dry. It doesn't taste <laughs> quite like cardboard. So I'm a little worried. <laughs> Yeah, um, as like gluten-free options get more delicious you're like and I'm like I just uh, can't tell the difference anymore yeah I went to this place in Denver called Postino last night and I had like a panini with I asked for the gluten-free bread and it came out and I had to ask like a couple times I was like this for sure is the gluten-free bread right it tasted so good I don't know what brand it was it was so good I just get so nervous and people are like Nicole it totally is I'm like how would you possibly know <laughs> you don't have any idea <laughs> And, but anyway, yeah, so I get, I just get so foggy. And when it first developed, when I was like 20, I was so out of it all the time. And I didn't know what was going on. And it's not like you said, it's not like a regular allergy, which is great because you're not going to like, your throat's not going to close up or something and you're going to die. But But also not good because your throat doesn't close up and you're not going to die. Right. I know. I'm like, uh, it would be kind (laughs) of nice. It would be nice to get that clear determination that it's an allergy. To really know. But it is, but that it's good because it's really easy to get cross-contaminated. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's pretty common. It's pretty easy to get cross-contaminated with nuts too. Yeah, that makes sense. And also if it gets cross-contaminated with nuts, I also die. Well, just cut that out then. I'm sorry. Cut it. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions for people who are looking to either A, improve their um, their own physical health or improve their sustainable living, like some first steps that they can take? Yeah, I would say health-wise, choosing plants over a processed version is always a good step. And even if you're doing it slowly, just look up recipes that are vegetable-based or have more plants in it rather than putting the pre-made pizza in the oven. Even if it's just like, it's hard because we're in a pandemic. Everyone just wants food and to sit down and watch a show. But I don't know, just being trying to replace one meal at a time or even just being experimental of trying a new cool fruit at the grocery store, buying something that looks interesting to get you excited about being healthy. Mm -hmm. And sustainability-wise, for me, my journey has really been in buying less but buying better. So if I buy something for my wardrobe, I try and avoid buying something from a fast fashion brand that it's after two and three washes, it's going to fall apart. I look for something that well, is good quality that's going to last for a long time and that I really love and isn't just something trendy that I'm going to have for a few months. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, like favorite sustainable clothing brands that you really like? I really love Patagonia. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that's like the number one obvious giveaway, but I've been really into Matt, the label lately. They have a lot of cute. You're talking about your husband. I was like, (laughs) I would hope so. Matt, the label. Um, (laughs) They have a lot of cute, just comfy loungewear, which is very relevant for today's times. That's just sustainably sourced. Mm, okay. Cool. I'm okay. That. And then also just keeping what I have and like, okay, this is bad. This sweater I literally got in middle school, but it's my favorite. <laughs> like I bought this at the Roxy store at Disneyland when I was in middle school, but it's my favorite sweater. And people ask me where I got it. And I'm like, kind of embarrassed to tell them, <laughs> but I'm also like, no, I had good taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you had good taste since you were eighth grade i know I, I, was, I was just thinking i was like that sweater she's wearing is so cute i wonder where she got it <laughs> disneyland guys we're gonna kind of wrap up this portion but do you have anything that you want to wrap up with or any final words just kind of about sustainability or sustainable living or anything we've talked about this far um i would just say my best piece of advice when trying to transition to a more sustainable lifestyle is it's very overwhelming just when you run out of something just try and pick a better option so that way you're not wasting anything that you have and it's a gradual process where it's not overwhelming and you can just choose one better option at a time I think yeah that would be my advice yeah I love that I see something I see a lot is 
people will be like, I'm switching to all natural makeup or all natural cleaners. And then you see, they post a picture of them, like throwing away all of their full bottles of cleaner or like full Mm -hmm. things of makeup. And you're like, Mm, you're like so wasteful you need to use that other stuff first and then <laughs> transition into something else like you're wasting that by throwing it away now you're creating mm-hmm. even more waste also if you don't even know if you like it you might get all these products and be like I don't like a few of them because like I mean I at least don't like everything from the same line ever like I just pick and choose certain things mm-hmm. when it comes to like beauty or anything like that so if you get like all these new products you might not like them and then you're just going to end up wasting those and the ones that you just threw out it's just yeah kind of wasteful. totally like the most sustainable option is the thing you already have Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of that gets lost in people trying to buy sustainability or buy these better products right it's like what do you already have that you may not need to buy these things just yet and then once you get to the point where you absolutely need it how can you choose more wisely yeah like how can you like thrift it or get a sustainable option stuff like that but yeah you don't need to like throw out all your products yeah yeah that was really great and we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with a not my cup of tea segment but thank you so much for sharing all of that about your life and just like taking the time to talk to us and we'll be right back with that yeah yeah we'll be right back okay Okay, we are back with Lexi and we are going to play a little game of Not My Cup of Tea before she gets going. So basically, if you haven't listened before, absolutely crazy if you've never heard this segment before, but (laughs) go off. So (laughs) basically what we'd say is we just bring up topics that are like maybe based on the episode or based on the person and find out if that's their cup of tea or not. So these are going to be kind of like sustainability trends or like things that are pertaining to healthy living. Yeah. Like healthy living or like diet trends or something like that. And then we'll be like, is this your cup of tea? Um, mm-hmm. So the first one we both said at the same time when we were thinking about this earlier was a shampoo bar. Have you ever tried a shampoo bar? Yeah. So I've gone through a few and I hated them but I actually <laughs> found a good one and I'm oh my so gosh, excited sure. what's the brand it's the high bar and I use the volume one okay I tried them and I wanted to love them but I didn't they just made my hair greasy and gross and I'm so stoked I finally found a good one. Oh my gosh that's okay. so awesome so this is a dumb question but I've never used one do you put it in between your hands and like get the so- suds and then put it in your hair or do you like rub the bar on your hair you can do either I rub the bar on my hair usually but I think either would work with the conditioner I like feel like you have to rub it in your hair though yeah 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 try I had given up hope because I had bought so many bad ones that didn't work and then high bar sent me some and I was like "Eh, I don't know how I feel about this and then I used it and I was like oh wait these actually are great cool that's so cool okay so this is more of a question but which substitute milk do you, what's your go-to? I love oat milk. I pretty much use it for my coffee and smoothies. And I love how oat milk just gets all creamy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, oat milk's my favorite too, obviously, because I can't have almond milk because I'm allergic. But her go-to is almond milk. Yeah, I love almond milk. I like oat milk too, but I... I don't like how thick it is sometimes. That's the good part about it. I know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, <laughs> almond milk just tastes like water. It's just like water. I know. That's what I like about it. Just like, again, <laughs> just like from Mark's podcast, it's like you are obviously really thirsty and you just need to drink water instead no, of putting I, a lot of water in your toothbrush or trying to get it through almond milk. No, so growing up, I always we always had skim milk at my house, which is like really okay. thin you know, it's not super thick. And so I was used to that. So then when I switched to plant-based milk, because I milk, regular milk, like makes me feel super sick, did almond milk first. Cause that was kind of the first one that there was. And I switched way back. Like when I first found out I had celiac disease, they were like, Oh, dairy might be like kind of a no-go for you too. And so I just tried to kind of get off of milk because it did make me feel so sick. So I would drink almond milk. I've tried oat milk. It's just a little too thick for me. It's good for oh, like, that's a good part. <laughs> 
Okay, the next one is quinoa. Do you like quinoa? I love rice. Quinoa's good. Like, yeah, we yeah, were it just works. saying that. Ugh, it's <laughs> it like works, it, but I'm it wants to be rice. rice. Yeah, yeah, I don't like quinoa. I I really tried to like quinoa when I first became gluten free, and it's not. It's I not still, rice. I was just eating it before this, and that's why we thought of it because I had it. I had the bag of it, and I was like, I should cook this and eat it because. I'm not going to waste it. And I love rice. It's just so much better. Mm. It's so much better. I love rice. Yeah. Yes. Nothing wrong with it. We shouldn't have tried to fix it with quinoa. We shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I have a question. This is not even on our list, but um, what's your favorite fruit and what's your favorite vegetable? <gasps> oh, that's hard. Okay. Favorite fruit, Hawaiian papayas. I think, honestly, that's like one of the reasons I know why I have to live here for the rest of my life. <laughs> like I can't live without the papaya. I eat like they're pretty big, like probably the size of my, okay, smaller than my face, but like <laughs> around that range. And I eat half of one almost every morning and it just, it just makes me feel good. It's just one of those things that I love. And it's like my cozy morning routine, <laughs> eating a papaya. I don't like, think I've ever the, had a papaya. I haven't either. What, what does it taste like? It looks the like thing, a cantaloupe kind of. Yeah. It's kind of like, a cantaloupe but a little more watery and sweeter but the thing is like mexican i don't like mexican papayas but like hawaiian papayas Mm. there's something about them and you can only get them here in hawaii that makes sense when's that okay that's good to know (laughs) okay what about vegetable uh avocado yeah avocado is a fruit though Uh, (laughs) oh no i feel like it's green. It's like it can't be a fruit. <laughs> it feels like a vegetable. Yeah. It's green. It can't be a fruit. What about like green apples though? Good point. <laughs> we're, okay, really, we're, we're poking <laughs> holes in your logic. Okay, <laughs> no, that's favorite fair. probably squash. Yes. Okay. It's so versatile. You can do so much with it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many kinds yeah. of squash. Acorn, butternut, <laughs> name spaghetti. One okay. All right. <laughs> Those are just three. There's also you love squash. Name, name three squash. <laughs> oh, I'll do you one better. Yellow squash. <laughs> All right. We're done. Okay. Um, okay. Here's two kind of together. We have Hawaii or Colorado. We also have mountains or beach. I think I know the answer for the Hawaii and Colorado. <laughs> it feels like we already covered that. Yeah. Hawaii, definitely. Uh, mountains versus beach so it's kind of my personal struggle I always try and figure it out I've like moved away from Hawaii and I'm like oh I love the mountains but then I always come back so I love the mountains but I think deep down I know it's the beach yeah yeah that's okay there's nothing wrong with that no and there's mountains in Hawaii yeah and you also do not have to choose except for this podcast yeah making you choose except for right now (laughs) (laughs) and everyone who's gonna listen to this all 80 people um okay go ahead okay (laughs) I just went I was gonna say one and I was like I just went uh okay so online school versus in-person school which one's your cup of tea online school I feel like that's the unpopular answer. I think it is. I like it. I'm pretty good at getting, I can focus on my computer and actually sit down and get stuff done. But online school has just given me so many opportunities. Like pre-COVID days, I was living out here in Hawaii, going to Harvard, and I would just go to the beach and hang out all day. And then I would just do my homework all night. I just, it really helped me live the best of both worlds and kind of still experience things. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you stay like motivated or disciplined Um, to do it? I'm pretty glued to my planner. If I lose my planner, I don't know who I am. Feel you so hard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love writing things down. I'm like particular about the type of pen, like, the week all has to be written in the same pen color or else it really bothers me <laughs> kind of funny about it but I usually like every night before I go to bed I write out my list for the thing my list of things I need to do for the next day by priority so I usually just get like the hardest things to tackle in the morning and then do the less important easier things later in the day just to get my day off to a good start Nice. That's good. 
The next one is, this was something I thought of when I was thinking of you being like a young mom and you have platform on Instagram. I always hear people say like, oh, the mommy blogger police like came for me because I posted this thing on my story. What's been, I guess, just what's been your experience with that? Have you had a lot of people being like, you need to do this with your baby? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's like, moms on Instagram are either the best or they're the worst. Like people are (laughs) so nice and genuine and kind, but then some people are so mean. Like I haven't had a super bad experience. I've known people who have like had crazy experiences, but like I'll post videos of Bowie. And one time this mom was just replying, like, who cares? No one wants to see this. I'm like, why do you follow me? Get out of here. Like, that's horrible. Also, I want to see it. Like, I've mentioned your baby is so cute. Like, (laughs) Like we've said, we can't have enough. You can't have enough (laughs) content. So, oh my gosh. And I yeah. don't feel like you're not post. I mean, yeah, not that you, it even matters, but you don't post like that much. You really don't baby. post that much. Yeah. Or you could, I mean, oh. you totally could, like it doesn't even, but like, yeah, you could post more and I'd be a fan yeah. of it, but I'm just saying <laughs> it, really, like compared to some people, I really feel like you don't po- post that much. Yeah. Like so much, but you haven't really had anyone be like, don't do it. You shouldn't do that. You with- shouldn't feed your baby sand. And you're like, I can't. <laughs> You should only be feeding her seashells and it should be organic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been lucky not to have anyone too crazy, but there's uh, definitely some horror stories out there with some people I know. Like, who has the time to do this? I don't I know. And I'm like, it's not your place to tell someone how to raise their baby. Like, there's a million times where I want to message someone and be like, stop putting the flash on on your baby's face while they're sleeping. (laughs) But I don't because I'm like, whatever, live your truth, put the flash in your baby's newborn eyes. Go ahead. But like, if you really don't want to see it, like, then follow. Like, why do you need to send something mean? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make your life any better. It doesn't make their life any better just doesn't make sense yeah I think a few months ago probably actually like a year or whatever you talked a little bit about like CBD or that you had products that were CBD I think I had a CBD company for a hot minute that actually I started it right before I figured out I was pregnant and then when Mm -hmm. I figured out I was pregnant I was like okay I do Uh, yeah like I just didn't have the mental Mm -hmm. capacity to deal with it I just need to focus on school and then we planned a wedding and I just had a lot going on so I stopped Mm -hmm. doing it but I love like I love like anything to do with like entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. it's just really fun it's a good creative outlet for me and overall I just feel like I have like a pretty business mindset but um, my husband and I are starting a little surf brand we've been working on so I'm excited to pour some of my creative energy into that. That's so fun. What is your like take on CBD? Was it, was it, is it something that, that you are really interested in or was it like you liked the business part of it? Um, I like the business and also health aspect of it. It's been really good for me and I know it's worked really well for a lot of other people. And initially I was having trouble finding companies that transparently source their CBD. So that was my aim to, I found a really good farm. I got it directly from the farm, just making sure there weren't any heavy metals involved with the processing of it because a lot of CBD is processed with chemicals, which then you consume. So that was my focus just to pour my creativity into it and then also just get a product that's transparently sourced. Yeah. Yeah. You also had a blanket business and yeah, it just seems like you're really good at starting businesses. Like I wouldn't even know where to start, but you seem like you have a knack for it, which is really cool. Thank you. Okay. The last one, which we ask all of our guests is um, hot dogs. I like that's the one thing I could for sure never eat again, (laughs) ever. They're the worst. Yeah. They're terrible. Almost, it's pretty rare. Who, there was like maybe one person who said that they liked hot dogs. No, I think it. it was me. No, I couldn't I, even eat a vegan hot dog. Just like, 
hot dogs. No. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, things shouldn't be squeezed into a tube. Yeah. yeah. It's just, <laughs> just the way they look. No. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be a no for us. Um, okay. Well, that's all of the ones we have. And then just before we wrap up, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you, plug all your stuff? Yeah. So my Instagram is Lexi, most likely all squeezed together, no spaces or anything. So that's where you can find me. Perfect. Um, I love that name. If you want to see my baby and things about sustainability, <laughs> post it at strange hours of the night <laughs> yeah. where they are. They're not strange to you. Yeah. It's just your regular hours. I know we kept, we were like, what time is it there? Yeah. We were like, it's gotta be like, I don't know. 10 a.m. But then you're wrong. It's only like four hours ahead. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you can find us at So Good So Far Podcast on Instagram. You can go. (laughs) So sorry. You can find me at Nicole Pilgrim. You can find me at Jackie's Attic. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you, Lexi, for coming on. It was really nice to meet you face to face. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll be back next week. We hope y'all have a great week. And it's been so, so good, good it's so, so far. <laughs> All right, bye. But that sounds we're good. Gonna, we're going to be joined in matrimony by... We're going to be wedded in holy matrimony <laughs> with Lexi... With new guest, Lexi Passmore. Mm-hmm. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Okay.